Britain is about to witness the birth of robot wars. They're still making final adjustments. Three, two, one. Welcome everyone to Activate the Robot Wars podcast. I am your host, Benji, also the Hitman, along with... Rob E. Harmlessly. It's back. It's here. We're actually living in the future. It's Robot Wars 2016. It's 2016 and we just sat down, watched BBC2 HD Robot Wars. That's a good point, actually. Doesn't Robot Wars look beautiful in HD? It, it really has made a huge difference. It looked really clean and crisp. and I know HD is not a new thing, but it really made a difference. It, it has. I mean, think about uh, frame rates of the cameras. All the slow motion looked amazing. Oh, yeah, they you nailed know. things like replays, but yeah. we'll get into that later. Oh, we'll get into that. All right. We get the little montage at the, at the start where we're just getting all these slow-mo shots. Oh, but it's presented like a sport. It is really nicely. Yeah. The the original Robot Wars took the mickey out of itself a lot. Yes. You know what I mean? It was very self-aware, but didn't really give much respect to the actual bots or the actual competition of the it. The science all. and engineering behind it exactly. was really not looked upon seriously. Now, the, the people still have humour. The people do, but the robots are taken more seriously. Even the ones that may not look too serious to begin with are given serious edges later on when you see the, the damage they cause or what they're capable of, which is nice. Exactly. The drama backstage becomes greater. And the arena itself, the, the actual uh, battle arena, looks a lot better as well. It looks a lot less gimmicky. There are still gimmicks in the arena. They've still got the spikes, pit launchers, all of that. But it just looks less crowded and less cartoony. It's simplified, which is a... A big thing just in this day and age, you look at it everywhere, websites now don't look as flashy, they're simplified. People like things looking simple, and it works. The lights are brighter, um, very similar to BattleBots um, in terms of that arena layout. It's not just dark and dingy like Robot Wars originally was, which yeah. hasn't aged very well. Now this looks bright. It doesn't look like they're trying to hide anything. <laughs> exactly, that's it, yeah. They're not trying to present it as a as a set, it's now just, they, it, it looks like a sporting arena now, which is a lot better. The audience are very much part of the shots now. Whereas, you know, on the original Robot Wars, they weren't. They were in the background a lot. Now we're getting reaction shots of the audience and things like that. So there's loads of changes to the, to the presentation of the show. Let's talk about the change in actually how the competition runs. That's a good place to start, actually, yeah. The Robot Wars we've been reviewing lately is... Series 1, way back in 1998, where you had a gauntlet, then a trial, which was essentially a random game, which in reality wasn't fair. No, it made no sense. Because who cares if your robot's good at football? Nobody makes a robot to be good at football. It was so cringing. You just wanted to tear your face off. It was because you had to watch all of these robots that people had spent so long building all of a sudden have to do this crappy little maze with a little balancing seesaw. And we're going to revisit it again and again and again because we're the ones that actually watch the original TV series and review it. But it's so cringy to think back and think that they had this competition and they thought, yeah, 
Let's do a bit where they have to navigate a maze first, and then we'll get to the fighting later. It's not fair because it's not the point of these robots. Exactly. You make a robot to fight each other, and then you have to play football or navigate a maze. No. Now, it's just fighting. Just pure fighting. You start with two rounds of, well, a fatal four-way, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Four robots all against each other in a free-for-all. The two robots that win that go through, um, two robots per four-way. So you get four robots that end up going through into essentially a league. A sort of, yeah, a, a mini-league mini league yeah. yeah. Then each and every matchup possible, one-on-one, -on -one, within that league happens. You get three points for a victory, two points for a judge's decision victory, and nothing else, any loss is nothing. Mm -hmm. The two robots that have the most points at the end have a big final battle, and the robot that wins that is the winner of this heat. Yep, and we'll go through to the finals, I suppose. Go, go through to the grand final. Yeah. A good system, because what it allows for, it does allow robots to lose a fight, but still move on. You're not doomed by one loss, unless you're in the first yeah. two four-way matches. In all fairness, half yeah. the roster get, kind of gets nuked in the first uh, bit of the show. But like you say, once you've got past that initial bit, you can lose and still make up the points. So it's not a complete waste of time for all these people you're once not, they've lost. You know, it's, they can keep going. You're not going to lose to a fluke. It's not going to be... Ah, oh, that one time my weapon didn't work. Well, then I lost, and that's it. I'm out of the competition and going home, even though I've got this amazing robot. Maybe future seasons will get more episodes, and they won't have to do the four-way thing quite the same. Maybe yeah, those yeah. that first big four-way match will count for points instead of just eliminating that would people be good, straight yeah. off. Because I, st I don't want, I wouldn't like them to get rid of the four-way because the absolute chaos that it brings is so entertaining. It's just bits of metal flying everywhere, all hell breaking loose. And, oh, moving on, let's talk about uh, the return of Jonathan Pierce, who it's... is like running his mouth 100 miles per hour the entire match. It's... If you had to bring back one person from the original, him, because it was just perfect. It was the right amount of nostalgia. Yeah. And just hearing him react to everything, knowing he's seen every single other episode yeah. of robot wars because he commentated he's them. almost an expert in himself yeah yeah so enthusiastic still oh, he and was it, great absolutely amazing and he's he's just so quick at calling things i couldn't do that no exactly he's constantly talking do you know what i mean by the end of the match he's basically just screaming it's fantastic ah oh, he's so into it yeah i'll give you one disappointing thing from this intro we got basically we get the logo, which is cool. It has, yeah, it's the yeah. same logo, essentially, as it always was, but updated and more fancy, thanks to CGI these days. Yeah. No theme music. No prominent theme music. Yeah, you're right. There was no intro sequence. No. It was just the logo pops up. But I suppose that's kind of helping along the whole uh, more of a sport than a cheesy TV show. I think that's what they're going for. So they've had to trim away a lot of the gimmicky stuff like uh, CGI robots colliding in a cheesy intro like the original one. Yeah. Was there music during the fights? Because I didn't notice if there was. I didn't pick up on it. I'll have to re-listen to that and I'll, yeah. I'll splice something in here. Victory in time and that's a good push but look at the control of Nuts here. Rory Mangles on the name yeah, machine. Alex 
during the middle of a fight, and we'll see if there was music. If there was, I guess it was good because I didn't notice. You don't want to be sitting there bobbing no, your head. It must have just added to the excitement if there was, and if there wasn't, it worked. worked so, yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about Dara and how awesomely funny he is. Brilliant choice. Someone who's into his science and that kind of thing. He doesn't take that as a joke like Jeremy Clarkson. No. But he does know about it, unlike perhaps Craig Charles, who, whilst Craig was a good presenter, he may not have seen a certain side to it. Yeah. And there's also the point that Dara is a stand-up comedian and is very quick. (laughs) And his wit is just right. It's not horribly fed lines that we got with Jeremy Clarkson. Exactly. That are so awkward and not funny. And he's not totally brutal to the competitors like jeremy clarkson was we legitimately laughed out loud at some of what dara said because it was properly funny not because it was badly funny or awkward because he just said something that was like that's pretty funny he's quick on his feet he's great and he seems to be having a good time out there as well oh yeah he enjoyed it a lot how about we talk about angela probably not featured enough i don't feel like i got to know her enough i think she did really well where she was so what you're saying is you'd like to see more of angela what are you... T- I know what you're trying here. I know what you're trying She's here, She's the new Mr. Philip Forrester, so we have to... I know. I, I would. I'd like to see more of yeah. her personality come through. Exactly. I think when she we was, did, it yeah. was good. Yeah, absolutely. She was very funny. She was really, like, you know, getting involved with the teams as she was going about interviewing them. Uh, there's a fantastic sausage roll moment that's oh, going to live in infamy forever. The sausage so, roll incident. Yeah. This would be oh, perfect. I need to see a sausage roll on a robot now and see what happens when it goes under the flames. Exactly. That'd be brilliant. That would be great. That would be great slash fire hazard. Well, the whole bloody arena is a fire hazard, let's face it. (laughs) It's amazing any of this got past BBC's health and safety standards. (laughs) But, you know, we'd have to think about that. That's their problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, shall we just move on? Do we go straight to the bots now? Let's start with the house robots, though. Oh, yeah, the returning house bots. The returning house robots. I think the first thing to say is they're huge. They're massive. So these oh are, there is no way these are the original frames of the original house spots. These no. have been rebuilt from scratch. I knew they were bigger because we've seen the stats. But you look at, say, Shunt from series one, and he's about the same size as, say, Roadblock, who was a decent sized robot, the yeah. sort of size you'd expect. Yeah, they matched up kind of a bit, yeah. Very similar size. Yeah. Roadblock maybe even slightly bigger than what shunt was shunt probably weighing more yeah shunt is the smallest of the house robots we saw a couple walk into his path and yeah. he dwarfed them and it was terrifying they are basically they are colossus hiding in the corners in the shadows it's very cleverly done they're very intimidating they feel very dangerous whereas even in the very first series of robot wars in 1998 there are a lot of moments where they didn't feel dangerous. Well, we at all. during that terrible sumo gimmick match, you know, we saw Shunt go, didn't we? Oh, well, the very first thing he did was lose. Yeah, he got chucked out. So it's nice to see them untouchable now. They are they it, their air of mystery has returned, and now they are these dangerous, horrible things lurking in the corners. Like if someone takes out a house robot, that's going to be a big deal because yeah. these things are huge. They're dangerous. The damage their weapons cause now is just incredible. Exactly. So really great. So let's go through them. We've got Shunt. He is essentially Shunt, but blown up into a huge proportion. His axe looks ridiculously it is. massive. It's it huge. He's basically, he's got that huge truck front. 
Uh, he looks like a snowplow gone horribly wrong. It's it's going to be really great to see what he does later in the series. Yeah, yeah, I'd really like to see Shun shine for once. I'd like to see him plow into somebody horribly, but yeah. Matilda, who I do not think we will be seeing get destroyed as she did a few times in the original. Yeah, she did. She got taken out entirely. Um, but the the new Matilda, the first thing that you notice is the horrible twisted faceplate now. Yep. That looks really good. And from what I'm aware, those tusks are now a lot more threatening. We didn't see them in action this episode, but I'd like to see them really flip someone over because I think they're actually very powerful. And the big flywheel on the back, she did have that by the end of the original series, um, series five, six or seven around then, but not nearly as powerful as what we see here, probably because it's not nearly as big. This thing is huge and very, very dangerous. Exactly. And Matilda does get a look in in this episode, so we can talk a lot about Matilda later as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Dead Metal. Yeah, Dead Metal looked like basically a blown up version of the original mm-hmm. Dead Metal. From what I'm aware, that saw is a more, uh, I guess you could say the sort of saw they would be actually using to make their robots now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And we do see the claws in action. It seems to take a lot to get out of that grasp, whereas before yeah. they were more of a gimmick. They didn't really grip anything. They no. were just there to make it look like a bit of a lobster. Exactly. Now they seem pretty strong. So we'll see how Dead Metal does. Doesn't get much offense in this episode. No. Can't forget the knight in shining armor himself. Sir Killalot. Sir Killalot. Sir Killalot. Well, he's Sir Killalot. Again, it's it, it's a blown up version. Couple of tweaks. Little bit of design. Looks very intimidating. Yeah, we can't say too much about him this time because I don't think he really got anything in. But it's, again, it's the air of mystery. The yep. camera doesn't hang on them for too long. If you see them, it's in very brief flashes as they fling a robot back out into the arena and then they're gone and they're back in the shadows again. So it's done in a fantastic way. That's a good point as well, though, is they don't leave their um, central patrol zone, yeah. CPZ, hmm ever at the moment no, no, they no. are staying in there which is good because we were always seeing them just wander, wander out. out yeah that, and they would call it they'd be like oh matilda's wandering out why that's against the rules yeah it's, it's, whatever happens now is unfair exactly brilliant I, I think we covered that well but there is um obviously one missing house robot one casualty one guy who didn't make it sergeant bash did not make the cut but does it feel like He's being held back as opposed to being cut. I'm I'm really hoping that they're going to have him as a secret weapon and they're going to unleash him later. That would be so cool. Yeah. I'd love that. If not, I'd love for him to return next series. Maybe the issue is the flamethrower. One problem is Sergeant Bash will now be so big, his flamethrower will be on the top. And he won't actually be able to point at anyone. Yeah, yeah. It'll just, the flames will just fly over the top of everyone. And even then, the fire doesn't seem to be doing much damage to the robots in the first place. Yeah, they're, they're, a lot of them are protected in so, that regard. But he would th- need something. Oh, it's difficult th- because different. they would keep the flamethrower on him only really in a symbolic manner. Like he would just blow fire every now and again because it's him. And they'd have to find other weapons for him to actually use that are practical. Yeah, and this is the thing. Like, if they put the flamethrower up lower, I mean, is that dangerous? Because you get a, you know, there are some strong weapons here. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get hit by uh, some of the rotating discs. I mean, it's the, I'm sure Sergeant Bash would just probably explode. Exactly. Well, I mean, maybe he's just a casualty of uh, health and safety. 
Yeah, it's that's it. Yeah, a bit too complicated. Maybe they can revise him in some form, but what he needs is a unique weapon of some kind. So they'd need to find something to work. I mean, they can't just put a soldering iron on him. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> it would not work, would it? No. I'm sure they'll think of something, and hopefully he will return in the future. We've got the other house robots that came in later seasons that haven't come back. Um, Mr. Psycho, Growler. But honestly, they're not the iconic ones. No one cares. It's all about Sir Killalot and his mates. <laughs> and it always has been. Air of Mystery, really strong looking. Loving it. But now, our competitors. We need to talk about them. We need to talk about them. But first... Shall we do the uh, typical, traditional shorthand description? Absolutely. From Danger ramp. From Stoke-on-Trent. Where's he hiding the weight? From Derby. Carbide. Spinning death blade. From Carmarthen, South Wales. The general. Generally okay. From Caithness, Scotland. King Cranky. V for very weird shape. From Woody. Nice. Most impractical bot 2016. From Bournemouth. Reason. Razor, mate. From Oxford. Terrorhats. Excellent. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. Yep. Oh, you did it. Yep, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, well, let's start talking about them. Okay, well, let's start with... Oh, man, the pronunciation is killing me. Right. Dara says behemoth. Mm-hmm. The word is behemoth. Everyone else, everyone else mm-hmm. says behemoth. Now you're behemoth now, so you, yes. and you were quite well known actually. Yes, in the we are, series. yes. Yeah, quite well known. But is it the same robot? We actually rebuilt a new robot. So, so you have a brand new behemoth. Now, are you a lifter <coughs> up to... Yes. Use, and, and what can you lift? Uh, we've lifted a Peugeot 205. Fantastic. There so, won't be a Peugeot 205 in the back. No, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Grant, this is good luck. Thank you very much. Fantastic. I heard behemoth at one point, but I don't know who said it. <laughs> behemoth? That sounds like a place. <laughs> Behemoth is bay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Behemoth. Um, behemoth. What do we say now on? Do we say behemoth or do we say behemoth? I say it, it, we just let it naturally evolve over the course of the podcast. Yeah, until we just say moth. Yeah, or big B. Big B. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay, so 108 kilograms and main weapon is a, help me with this, pneumatic lift. Pneumatic lift. Yep. Very, very strong lift. Um. It can lift a Peugeot, and uh, I believe it after seeing it in action. It's incredible, yeah. I really, really am shocked at how powerful that was. It's kept its general look that it's always had throughout the series, although they do note this is technically a brand new robot, although pretty much every iteration of Behemoth Mm -hmm. has had that look, which is sort of a big square thing with a huge scoop on the front. And exactly. it doesn't seem to need any more. They have a long history in Robot Wars. The most experienced in history, at least, at least the most experienced competing now. Yeah. With the exception of perhaps Razor, they're probably on equal level. Yeah, yeah. They had varying levels of success throughout um, Robot Wars history. I won't spoil it too much because we've yet to watch these for exactly, the yeah. podcast. Um, the team is called Make Robotics. I believe make is actually a acronym. Um, I think it was the first name of each member of the team originally. I don't know whether it's the same people now. I don't think it is. 
looks like a bulldozer, really. That's, yeah. It seems to be what it's modelled after. Exactly. A bulldozer or a snowplow. The great thing about the lift is it doubles up as a rebalancing mechanism. So if it gets flipped, it can use the lift, land back on its feet. Mechanism. Exactly. Um, it has the two little arms on the side that self-right. Mm-hmm. It seems to be able to take quite a battering as well. The armor is very, very strong. See, it's not the heaviest bot, but in all fairness, they're all kind of a similar weight. They're all around class, really, aren't they? Yeah. Mark. Okay, let's move on to Bonk. Bonk, who is topless at the moment. This is a level of last-minute preparation that has to be taking place here. Where's the top of it? Uh, Just sitting over there. We have to bolt that on last. What materials are these things made in? Plate steel, so it's pretty hard. A plate steel would be like like a tank would be made out of plate steel. It can be, yeah. Tank, yeah. Diggers, buckets, anything. Anything really hard. And what's your weapon? An axe. We've got a full, full pressure CO2 axe. Bonk. Bonk. The team behind Bonk is Team Mute. They do have experience using the robots Mute and Micro Mute in Robot Wars, which came both of which came along a little later in Robot Wars, um, the original series history. Uh, Mute was apparently very powerful at the time. It had a very, very powerful flipper. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, now they've gone over something completely different to a flipping robot. Bonk seems really small, yet it's still at the... It's still in the weight class. It's 110 kilograms, but I don't know where any of that weight is because this is a very small bot compared to the rest of the roster. Well, it's got its axe, which is essentially what it's built for, this yeah. big yeah. axe, which actually doubles as a hammer. It is uh, interchangeable. Okay. It could have a hammerhead or an axe head. I think the hammerhead would be better for the sort of internal trauma, so to speak, yeah. a hammer blow, whereas axes don't tend to stick into the... They don't tend to cause huge amount of damage, or it's no. superficial, whereas a big bash from a hammer could perhaps like smash an, some an, parts up. A, a decent ice pick probably go through some of this, but you have to bear in mind that the amount of money and time spent on the robots has clearly developed over time because these robots are wearing bulletproof glass. I can't imagine, no matter how strong a pickaxe you get, do you know what I mean? It's It's very difficult to... Unless you're fighting against the right bot, which we'll see later in the episode. Of course. Axes and pickaxes are generally a bit of an iffy weapon. They're still really popular, but damage-wise, it's very difficult to guarantee that you're going to pierce anything. You've got to get a very precise shot off, mm-hmm. and multiple of them, exactly, which is yeah. the important thing. Yeah. Bonk is interesting for its custom CO2 system, though. Mm. So it uses CO2 to help itself root to the ground, which may be why... It's so heavy, but so small. Because it's all in there, yeah. It's all in keeping it rooted to the ground whilst the powerful axe or hammer blow happens. So the axe lands to the floor, but the bot itself stays very much... Completely still. Yeah. Whereas usually with such a powerful weapon, swinging the axe would cause the robot to essentially flop or lose balance. Lose balance and flip into the air. Very, very clever system. Apparently... It can lift about 130 kilograms with the arm, with the actual axe itself. So if the axe or hammer got stuck in another robot, it could lift it up off the floor. Wow. That's quite impressive. That is very impressive. I don't know what they do with that, because at that point, they'd have a robot stuck on them. Well, if it was a lighter bot, they could probably carry it over to the pit. How'd they get it off the axe? Yeah, good point. Without putting themselves in the pit as well. This is the floor in Bonk's design. Poor Bonk. (laughs) Let's move on to my personal favourite. 
carbide. So, carbide, let's talk about the weapon. So there's a big blade on the front here. Okay. And it spins around at two and a half thousand RPM. Whoa, okay, <laughs> it's just got serious. Yeah. Basically, the tip speed's about, it's just over 200 miles per hour, and it's got more energy than, I think it was like 60 times a sniper rifle bullet right at the end, so that's okay. kind of... So your plan is to literally demolish everything in your wake? Hopefully. Carbide, um, do you know the team name? No, what's the team name? Team Carbide. Brilliant. <laughs> they did previously compete with a robot called Tiberius which was a crushing robot, similar to Razor. Uh, didn't have quite the success that Razor did, though. It has the most powerful bar spinner in Robot Wars history. Oh, boy, do we get to see that. Yeah. 25 kilograms, 2,300 RPM. Christ. That's insane. And it's invertible as well, which means if it's flipped over, because the wheels go through to the other side, oh, of it course. can still roll around, which is its version of being unflippable exactly and that's the great thing about having the blade be horizontal yep it works no matter which way up the bot is yep that's very it's important not only that the blade is so powerful that when it hits something it launches into the air so it needs to be able to work exactly yeah the blade's so powerful they can launch its own bot when it collides with something they talk a lot about the uh hum of death that the blade makes so basically, it takes, I don't know how long, I'm guessing it's a number of seconds to get the blade spinning at its maximum um, RPM at 2300. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it makes a loud humming sound, which is how you know it's now really dangerous. That is so cool. Yeah, they should have hum of death on, like written on it somewhere or something. Yeah, that like, made more thing. sense, yeah. Team I mean, motto. Th- it seems like a lot of the bots in this series, uh, bar a few, are going to have more simple aesthetic designs. We've seen bright pink fluff in the first series already of the original Robot Wars. This one, gone with a nice, simple urban camouflage design. Nothing yeah. flashy. None of the bots really have too much flair on them. It's all about the weapons, really. Exactly, yeah. It's sleek yeah. and simple designs. Absolutely. So let's move on to the general. Okay, next we are over to the general, who are busy. They look a little bit... Are we stressed, boys? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Um, what's happening here? We're trying to give a bit more tread. We've um, heard the arena's a bit slick, so... Okay. So we're just scoring it? Yeah, just the edge. Okay, I'm going to go and have a little mooch in here. Hiya, don't Hiya. you worry. Get in there, get stuck in. You have a job to do as well. Um... Okay, this is your beast, right? 20 kilo discs, basically, spinning just under, say, 500 to 1,000 RPM. Where was it built? My design, my dad's uh, cow shed. Okay. It came to fruition, basically. Okay. Yeah, that's where it happened. Who is your worst nightmare in terms of an opponent? Uh, it seems to be Carbide. And Which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, we've been drawn yeah, against him. How confident are you feeling? One right shot, and then you'll have Boom, that's all you need. All you need is one. Good luck, lads. Or, a.k.a. the farmer's bot. Yep, made entirely from things found around this old farmer's farm. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, doesn't sound great, but... It's because... Well, I'm not going to go ahead and say that's because it isn't great. But it's because it isn't great. <laughs> it's, it's not great. I didn't really have a lot to say about the general when I first saw, you know, the design. So, let's think of the design now. It's essentially, at the front, two huge flywheels, which are fairly powerful... But when you've just seen carbide, are nothing really. Exactly. Two huge exposed wheels. Which like is a massive, massive design flaw. Massive yeah. exposed wheels. 
yeah, exactly. It's a huge design flaw, considering how dangerous each weapon is. Yeah. When half of your robot's target, so to speak, yeah. is its wheels. Best way to immobilize something. Make yeah. it so it can't move. The end. Damn right. The discs actually come from a plow, and the motors come from some electric gates. So they really did use... So they really the did farm. just find just random bits of stuff and turn it into a robot. In that regard, good for them. But really not the best choice of, you know, it's the design resources. Yeah, the it design is. is. It's, it's, it's a big. weird design. They probably could have found some other stuff on the farm that would be better. Yeah. I can think of maybe just made a small combine harvester have, and driven that out. With a bull's skull on the front to use as a weapon with its horns. Man, that'd be awesome. That would look badass in general. Yeah. <laughs> the general. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Killy Cranky. This is Killy Cranky, am I right in saying that? Yeah. Welcome to our first two young roboteers. This is only a very unusual design. Have you looked around and thought, this is a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's quite good. What does it do? It destroys things. It destroys things. So how confident can you possibly be that this is going to win? I'm, I'm quite confident, so I think it's got quite good armour and it's very manoeuvrable. OK, but what does it do? How does it attack? With a saw at the front, and there's it a saw spins spin. around at about 500 RPM. So that can do some damage if you can yes. get the saw in contact with somebody else. Definitely. Listen, the best of luck, Killy Cranky. Um, is it named after the Crankies? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's unfortunate. In my head, that's all I'm seeing now is Jeanette Cranky riding a robot into battle. Killy Cranky. Well, I'm going to give them the prize for most original robot of this... Um, well, maybe not, but pretty close. It looks like... Poorly joined plumbing, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a, kind of like a V or a W shape. Um, that really, really is just a really odd shape. Yeah, it looks like he sort of went into his airing cupboard, saw the plumbing and went, I've got it. I've got it, lads. It's it, It's the robot we've always dreamed of. But it's <laughs> just, it's a, it's a long cylinder with yeah. two wheels on each end mm-hmm. and in the middle, a cutting disc. So the idea is, it because it comes out like a V, it sort of forces a smaller robot into its centre, where it will get cut up. It's the longest robot in the competition, which is no surprise when you look at it. The team is Cold Fusion, who competed with Season 1 um, and 2 robot Body Hammer, and also Pussycat, which were a very, very, um, a fairly successful robot, I say, in later seasons. It actually uses Body Hammer's wheels. Oh, or, really? Yeah, the wheels on yeah. Killy Cranky are, are at least remade versions. They originally were Body Hammers in some form. Now, the blade itself, a bit of a pain to aim, because the whole point yeah. of the robot is it speeds up, mm-hmm. brakes suddenly, so it launches oh, that's right. its front yeah. into the air, yeah. and then lands down on top of the other robot. Mm. Now, consider how quick all of these robots are. That's impossible to aim. There's a lot of technique involved with that, and yeah, not practical. Not practical mm. at all. People are already going to be avoiding your front because there's a spinning disc. You're not going to get a chance to break suddenly and drop onto them. The only way that would work is if the arena was essentially a straight line. You had to just <laughs> yeah, you had to just yeah, run each other's yeah. head on and hope. But you know, you got to take risks, push the boundaries. This bot definitely did that in design. Yep, it's, That's fine. it's different. They tried something completely new. Didn't work this time, I don't think. No. It's it's a bit too, I don't know, it doesn't seem like 
they really thought how they were going to do this. It's more just a test more than anything. It does have an alternate weapon, actually. It doesn't have to be a spinning disc. It can also be a pincer, which seems like an even worse choice. Oh, no. Yeah, no. How is that going to... No. All my nopes. Moving on. Nuts. And what does it do? How does it fight? We're not actually sure. The idea is to just confuse everybody, including ourselves. We're not quite sure how it's going to react or anything. Does this one have mini-bots as well? Yes. This this has a separate side. There are separate robots... And it releases these robots, does yes. it? I like yeah. the way, by the way, you put greedy eyes on the Go- robots. Googly oh. eyes are a must for all robots. Yes. They're not optional. But we have we have two of these. They're completely sacrificial. We intend, if we're up against anyone particularly nasty, to basically just drive straight into it. And... What, are they an escape pod? Or do they actually have any effect at all? They may... Well, we're well, we, well, we, hoping we... that they just gum up the works of the other robots so we stand yeah. a chance with nuts. I think no. that's as... That's our big hope. You know, like and if Nuts really gets damaged, then, you know, we'll just drive these in and just hope for the best. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, Nuts. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about Nuts. Nuts. The team name, Nuts. They look nuts. Well, they're all standing there in top hats and brightly coloured clothes, and they're having a bit of a laugh, really. They were yeah. nice. I liked it. I thought the team was quite funny. The team were an interesting bunch. Yeah. They they like the Nemesis team originally with yeah, the exactly. with the waistcoats, but they also have the top hats on, which I guess is their thing. Shame that Nuts itself didn't have a top hat like staple to it. That would have been pretty nice. I would have liked that. Well, what it lost in top hat, it gained in chains. Weirdest choice of weapon ever. Okay, yeah, let's describe the robot here. Yeah, it looks completely unfinished. Mm-hmm. What you see is a pair of wheels. Yeah this square bracket around it, mm-hmm. and then some chains. And somehow, that makes a robot. So the idea behind the bot is, there is very limited control. But you, <laughs> like, you that's couldn't, the idea behind it. You couldn't navigate a complex series of movements with nuts. They could barely navigate an open field with this. <laughs> <laughs> but what you have got is a bot that can spin in circles really fast, and has two chains. Each chain actually has a one kilogram weight attached to the end. So the idea is it spins in place, the chains flail around, Mm -hmm. and anything that comes close gets hit by the flailing chains. Now let's talk about the other secret weapons of Nuts. It has two cluster bots, Mm -hmm. which are tiny, 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 tiny wedges that make no difference now, to anything. This is weird because I, if you'd asked me beforehand, I would have said, no way can that be allowed. That has to be against the rules. Technically, it's a free bot team then. Yep. I know two of the bots are about the size of a hand, but they they are controlled by the rest of the crew. Yep. You can have mini bots. I'm guessing there's a, a limit on how they can work. Or you can be a full cluster bot which is essentially where your robot starts as one big conjoined thing but can mm-hmm. split up into many it doesn't you don't necessarily have to have a certain amount there's no limit on how many it can split into but it does need to stay within the weight it limit it needs to stay within the weight and limit. this bot is 110 kilograms obviously you can see where they gave the weight up because there is very little of the actual bot i mean those chains must be quite heavy to be fair yeah if it's at the 110 kilogram mark, it's all wheel, um, square bracket thing and chains with two little tiny little things that can't weigh much. The great 
thing about the Nuts team is they came in with absolutely no plan whatsoever. You, in the interviews, they're saying that they're not really sure. They're not even sure what the cluster bots are for. <laughs> just just go in and hope for the best. I'm pretty sure is the exact quote regarding what they're going to do with the cluster bots. The cluster bots, um, <laughs> they're fantastic in their own way, but not for the sake of nuts, more for the sake of entertainment. It, they're just basically driving small wedges of cheese at the other robots. It's, it you know. does nothing. I mean, I guess... In an ideal world, if you could get those wedges to go, bam, straight under a wheel, you have forced a robot to turn when it doesn't want to. Change trajectory. Yeah, exactly. So there is a basic idea behind it. But when you actually put it into practice on the field, uh, it's, it's, yeah, you need something a lot more significant than, I mean, these wedges... When we say tiny, they were very small. They are tiny, tiny, tiny. Little, tiny bots. Little, little door stoppy thingies. But again, along with Killy Cranky, definitely a very original design. Absolutely. Where they came up with it, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, man, they're nuts. Whoa, they're out of there. They're coming up with crazy nutty ideas, like having two cluster bots follow you around. And let's talk about... Razor. Now you guys have a lot of pedigree. We're dealing with a bit of a legend here. Yeah, Razor, cool. Built back in 98 by my mm-hmm. good self and friend Simon Scott here. So, it must yeah. have been modified. You're not going to stand a chance against these guys if it's the old one. Well, he was always pretty good, though. That early principle was always pretty effective because the machines can never armour up that well on the top. You know? Now, what about the girls? Darcy, how did you get roped into this? Um, well, I just wanted to be here to support Dad because I've grown up with Razor since mm-hmm. I was little. I support the boys, really, by reminding them to eat and drink. Yeah. So Mum yeah. springs to the rescue yeah. with yeah. food. I brought along a nice box oh, of sausage rolls. Ah, stop. Can I have one? Yeah, go for it. Are they homemade? Yes, they are. They're lush. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. You can finish that one. I need to go on top of these guys, but look. We could talk about Razor for a whole... In all fairness, oh, Razor needs a Razor could have a biography at this point. <laughs> he really uh, could. Razor's older than yeah. some of the people on the teams in this. <laughs> exactly, 109 kilograms debuted in 1998 and is famous for RIPing Matilda. Famous for many other things. Absolutely deadly robot. Simple idea behind it. Has a massive crusher on the front. It grabs you. It crushes you. When you're crushed, you're dead. Exactly. The end. It's very simple. The basic design has gone relatively unchanged over the years. So sleek looking though. Oh yeah, it still mm. it still looks It looks like a Decepticon, it's great. It still looks cool. It still looks really cool. A lot of experience. Win loss record through Robot Wars and BattleBots of mm-hmm. forty five wins to nine losses. It's a serious robot. And the team, Team Razor. Of course. It seems like the whole family's there. Yeah, let's talk about Team Razor very quickly. They're great. Everybody turned up. You've got Ian Lewis and Simon Scott, who are the original two behind it. But now you've got, like, wife and kids just turning up as well. The daughter's there, and she's there solely because... Well, Ra- Razor's always been around, really. <laughs> she talks, Razor, about, essentially. talks about Razor like it's the family dog. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, it's so strange. But, yeah, I mean, like you say, we could talk about Razor forever, but... If if you're a massive fan of Robot Wars or BattleBots, you'll know who Razor is. Uh, yeah, we can't say much more. Hasn't been said already a million times. Exactly. 
Gotta love Razor. So let's talk about terahertz. Terahertz? I'm eating a sausage roll, excuse me. <laughs> um, it looks beautiful. Is this bulletproof? Well, it's in, in thicker material. It's the same material used for the arena. Do you want to quick demo? I'll have a go, yeah. yeah beat that as hard as you possibly can. Oh, God, I think I just look at it a finger. It's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff for so plastic. So it's literally unbreakable. Um, let's hope for it. Of team terahertz. Oh, man, they're so original. I know, but people God damn it. really need to think of their team names. Better. Yeah. Team Razor should change their name to Team Sausage Roll, but we'll get on to that later. Oh, yeah. So Terahertz, uh, the joke being that it's Terra, T-E-R-R-O-R, and then Hertz, H-U-R-T, as in Hertz, yep. hurting. Yeah, uh, 107 kilograms, uh, big old axe. Biggest axe in the competition. Fires at 100 miles per hour with one ton of force, and it's intentionally blunt. Mm. So oh, really? It, yep. I guessing with their experience, they know that a sharp edged axe doesn't really do much important damage, whereas a blunt edge causes internal traumatic damage, which is a lot more successful. You don't get much by scratching your opponent, but if you can get the in- internals of it scattered about, you could win through mobilization. They weren't keen on facing Razor, were they? There's a lot of history between them and Razor. There's um, a very, very big battle, actually, in one of our future um, reviews in one of the older series, which will involve Terahertz and Razor. Um, they used to have a, a different robot. Do you want to guess what it was called? What? Kilohertz. <laughs> oh, but they've dear. been around for a long time. Terrorhouse has been around for a long time, and you could tell because it's quite battle scarred, actually. Yeah, it looks great. Actually, it's kind of cool. It's, it's yeah, it's a really cool design. It's one of the last successful robots left that has a design around an axe weapon. Hmm. They're not very popular these days in the age of very powerful flippers and very powerful spinners. That's right. Yeah, uh, back in the original series that we're currently making our way through. Uh, when you had an axe on a bot, you kind of had to build the rest of the bot around it. Mm-hmm. And you lost, a, you had to give away a lot of weight. And that is the problem with an axe. You give away a lot of weight to it. At the end of the day, you need to be very precise. It rarely caused much damage, much serious damage anyway. Sometimes you might get the odd puncture, but by that time, your robot's been bashed about so much, it doesn't matter. You know, really impressive that they've managed to make it work for so long. You know, over a decade of experience with a machine that's based around an axe is brilliant. And um, Angela hits it with a spanner a few times to keep up with the tradition um, of just smashing up robots um, during their introductions. Yeah, Hence, exactly. Like the um, like the hammer in season one, where the, the... where randomly, oh, they're still making final adjustments. Hammer to the side of a bot. Yeah, exactly. She takes a swing at it with a wrench yeah no damage it's cool it's fine i mean in all fairness it is it's just a a human being swinging a wrench it's going to be a lot different when you've got a dynamic weight hitting you but you know yeah can you imagine if it actually did damage though she's oh god she hit it and it fell apart yeah (laughs) (laughs) it just completely collapses or they later find out that any of the problems they had during this episode were caused because she hit it there she and it caused it. A, one little screw nut to come loose and that's what caused is, all their she problems. She managed to hit it exactly in the the Death Star weakness spot yep, kind the of, you know, the exact right point. 
Oh man, the backstage stuff uh, is great. Actually, oh, it's really thorough. You get a lot, like a lot of backstage interviews and comments, and they're really sort of candid with it. You you hear about everything that's happening, why it's happening, and what it could cause. And you know, they're even telling us things like between each battle, they've got two hours to repair. We didn't know this from the first. No, season. that was kind of cool. Again, they're treating it like a sport. Everything's got rules, regulations. The pit looks a lot better. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it just looks great. It's bright and, and professional looking as opposed to the grimy giant garage they were working yeah, in before. Yeah, exactly. And we like to know about the teams. We we can't relate to the bot. Do you know what I mean? We watch the bot. We relate to the team, exactly. to the crew. That's who we want to see when we're backstage. And it's great. Angela goes and has a quick chat with the Razor team. As you do. Of course and, you do. uh, and yeah, the whole family's there. Mum, mum's uh, sole duty is to make sure that the uh, Razor boys actually stop and eat something. And uh, in fact, she's uh, got got a nice little box of, and I quote, lush sausage rolls. Lush sausage rolls. Yeah. So uh, what does uh, our Angie do? Bowls up. Can I have one of these? Hands already in the box. She's got it. Takes a bite. You can finish that. Gives it back. <laughs> what's going on what's what's that all about like is she not being paid enough that's the moment where i realized that angela's gonna be awesome yeah we need more of this yeah this kind of stuff we need a lot of this just she's just mess with all of them so funny all the time yeah you know sausage roll gate was you know one hell of an event yeah i think hashtag sausage rolls is gonna start making its way into the circulation on the on the Twitter feed regarding Robot Wars. They should stuff the holes they have in Razor with sausage rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does so well. Oh, man. Uh, so, um, Killy Cranky uh, has children on the team. And when I say children, I mean like an 11-year-old is there. Oh, yeah. It's quite a common thing, actually, to have kids on the team. Mainly just to have kids on the team. I don't know if they really contribute much to the engineering process, but maybe they're good at controlling it. I mean, like, I suppose as you get older and your mind is, like, shaped by the modern world and the hustle and bustle of work and stuff, you probably lose a lot of the... Like, a child, I'll draw something that can kill someone, and they're going to draw this nightmare death machine. As you're older, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, So it's actually probably good to have a a young boy on the team thinking horrible thoughts when designing a... A deaf robot. Are you saying that they said, ah, oh, kid, I can't remember the names. Kid, please design this death machine. I need to enter it into Robot Wars. I'm saying that 11-year-old had the cold, dead eyes of a killer. But my point is, the cold, dead thoughts of a killer came up with a piece of plumbing with a saw on it. Yeah. yeah. Again, if you went to a kid and was like, can you make sure it's practical? What? Well, that's how that ended with. Uh, let's move on to terahertz. Uh, yeah, that that whole segment's quite good because it is based entirely around Angela having at it with a wrench. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. We can watch that all day. Exactly. We get to the judges, and it's nice. There, oh. There's a bit more about the judges. There's a bit more presentation to them. Do you know what I mean? Well, we actually have things like interviews throughout the. Um episode with the judges and they say things and have a personality and talk about what's going on Mm. and talk about the world of robotics and how close fights were and what they actually think they're not just 
hidden in a box that, and like nod at the camera when their name is yeah, mentioned and that's it. Exactly. And then not seen for the rest of the episode sometimes in the original series. It was terrible. Now that we've got the full hour to, they can cover the judges more. The judges are smart people. These aren't just free blokes off the street. There's, you know, these people are educated and it's nice to actually hear what they have to say about robotics in general as opposed to just Robot Wars. And of course, we have Noel Sharkey. Oh, Noel Sharkey's so cool. He deserves, a, you know, an honourable mention here because... Yeah, if they ever awesome. do a Hall of Fame, he is going in Noel Sharkey so fast. for the Robot Wars Hall of Fame. Yeah, we might have to start our own one at this rate. We will. I'm sure we will. At the end of each season, we should uh, put a couple of robots. A couple of robots and a couple of personalities season. in, I reckon. Yep. Um, but they're measuring on damage, aggression... And control. So they've. What have they dropped from the original series then? Style, which makes sense because that's quite vague. That is a vague description of style. And you could say style is kind of covered by damage, aggression, and control Mm. combined. That makes your style, surely. Now, what does it mean by style? Tactics? Well, that comes under control. You know, you do flashy things. Well, if it doesn't help you win, it doesn't matter. Nuts has a lot of style. But it doesn't actually apply. Does it doesn't it? mean it. No, I think mean it wins. these rules more are more applicable to get the job done. Yep, and uh, that's really what the point is. Again, this is a competition now, yeah, less a... of a show, more of a competition, which is nice. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, so shall we move on to the uh, first match? Yep, the first um, four-way match: Kill E Cranky, Nuts, Razor, and Terahertz. So it's the four-way. Now, going into this, who would your top two picks be? Oh, it was going to be Razor, was going to be the first one, absolutely straight off the bat. And then, I guess, probably going to go with Terahertz would have been the follow-up. Yeah, Razor and Terahertz are the obvious choices in experience and design, to be honest. Both of them seem to be the obvious better robots. Killy, Cranky, and Nuts seem like kind of wild cards. They seem like robots that haven't been excessively tested they're quite unique and also slightly impractical looking yep whereas razor just looks like it was designed for the sole purpose of gutting other robots winning robot wars is what it's designed exactly and razor gets a a chant and a huge pop from the crowd straight off the bat immensely popular i think after over a decade of not being on tv they still got a huge reaction massive pop Big chant for their name. Exactly. Everyone loves Razor. One house robot in each of these four-way fights. And the first one we get is Matilda. Fitting for Matilda to be the first one. Pop- Other than Sir Killalot, I'd say Matilda's the most famous. Most popular, definitely. Everyone likes Matilda. Just the one thing I noticed yeah. is uh, the sort of announcing voice, the voice that encompasses the whole arena and does the 3 2 one activate. Oh, yeah. It's a new voice. I'm not is sure it? if I, I liked I it as pick much. Up on it. It's not as deep and it's more robotic well, sounding. Yeah, I think I liked that the audience got more in yeah, on, the, on the countdown. Them. They were very prominent for the countdown, which was nice. Um, three minute timer to the match, yep. uh, which starts. They pretty much just throw us into the match very suddenly at that point after introducing the robots. Yep, and this is where things are going to be difficult for us. One on one matches aren't too hard to call and review. Four way matches. Oh, are- man chaos jonathan pierce is having a nightmare by himself we're sitting here and we're trying to handwrite notes about this i think the first thing to note is nuts is just all over the place 
Yeah, nuts is uh, you cannot control nuts. It's uh, nuts are out control. <laughs> nuts swinging everywhere and nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, uh, dear. axe uh, immediately prominent. Yeah, and going true. crazy. And Razor goes straight for uh, God damn it, Killy Cranky Cranky. Yep. Can we shorten that to KK? KK. <laughs> yeah, we shorten that to KK. Good. Razor starts crushing KK. It kind of goes for him. Yeah, Razor's immediate target is KK. Razor does at one point, though, manage to get a cluster bot. Somehow. Eats a cluster bot somehow. Gets yeah. one of Nut's cluster bots. It doesn't seem to appear on camera. It's just Razor sort of appears from the side of your view and it just has a cluster bot. It's just managed to get in hold of air, one on, and is it's destroying it. Yeah. Crusher. These, like, yeah, these cluster bots must have been made of pretty stern stuff. Yeah, because they, they don't get destroyed. They don't get destroyed. No, they, they keep rolling out. They get crushed, but they mm. they still keep going. They don't really do anything. And no, All exactly. they really do is buzz around. Really, they're yeah, more of a nuisance, just, which is fine. You know, it's a job. You know, I suppose uh, it does work. Um, pit opens. Yep, someone opens the pit. I didn't quite catch who. No, neither did I. It's the pit button that gets used, and Razor and KK. Thank you. Sort of locked in a, a bit of a battle. I say locked in a battle. Razor has KK. Razor has KK and is basically take him over to the pit. Yeah, he yeah. wants to drop him in the pit. Makes sense. You've eliminated a threat. Obviously, Razor saw KK either as an easy target or as a threat they needed to eliminate. Yeah, because it, it was very on. specific tactical target. Uh, basically, pincers and starts to carry KK over to the pit. Yep. KK's wheels start to change direction. There is a bit of a tussle, and they both go a tumbling into the pit. Yep, meaning Razor and Kill E Cranky eliminated in this first bout. Now, what seems to have happened, or what the KK team have claimed, is once they knew they were going down, Razor had them, the pit was open, they'd sent a chance at that point. When they got close to the pit, they essentially because their wheels were still on the ground, it's still a fairly powerful robot, and it's very, very long as well, they were able to turn their machine. So when Razor stopped, I'm guessing to open their jaws and drop them in, instead, Killy Cranky pulls Razor in with them. and So what Razor wasn't banking on was that KK would actually motion towards the pit, because yep. he's probably thinking, well, he's going to be the KK's going to be trying to fight its yeah. way out, try and escape. Yeah. KK had already settled with its fate and decided, well, if I'm going in the pit, so I'm Razor. taking Razor with me. Shock loss for Razor. Razor out the first round. Yeah, first episode. First episode. First, first match, round. First round. We lose Razor. Big this, loss. This is like John Cena getting chucked out of the Royal Rumble. First. First. By a, a nobody, yeah, a newbie, you know, By someone who's one, yet to announce themselves. One of the um, shining stars. One of the shining stars comes out and just eliminates John Cena. It's, and it's then nothing's like mentioned of it. And nothing's it? mentioned about it and there's no flair. <laughs> it is. It's like that. It's done. I mean, and then it's two hours until these bots have to be ready to fight again. Yep. But that means we get nuts and terahertz through. Neither one of them really had to do much. That's why we didn't mention Terra Hutz no. at all during the match. But like I say, Nuts didn't have to do a lot, and yet the rolling mechanism was broken in that match. Yeah, I don't know. Probably by itself, because what I've noticed with Nuts is the chain sometimes when they stop or get hit wraps around itself or gets stuck underneath it. 
they end up hitting themselves with their own weapon a lot. Terahertz just had to avoid danger, probably realised what was going on. And just played it safe and way, got through. It was fine. Yeah. Got through. Done. There was a sign in the audience that said, uh, kill a lot equal bay. Okay. Yep. Each just to his own. throw that out there. Each to his own. That's fine. We get to the backstage segment. Um, carbide is quite feared, I've noticed. Yeah, Already. everyone's talking about the 200 mile per hour blade. Spinners are very, very destructive in the first place. And on a very well-designed robot, it's even more destructive. Exactly. And being the best spinner in the competition, by their statistics, it, there's a big reason to fear carbide right now. Exactly. It's very strange. Uh, we get to see Bonk still being modified, and the general, the team, are just adjusting the tread because they've heard the rumour mill that the floor is very slippery in the arena. <laughs> I like to think that a janitor just went out and mopped it. Or it just started mopping a bit. I just like it's just like the idea that like all the bots come back and they were like that floor was well slippery, and then you can imagine the general team hearing that and going, "Our tires are crap." Start. <laughs> Cutting They're going some tread. They're trying to just cut some tread into it, and it's I don't know. But like like everyone else, they are very afraid of carbine. And so am I. And so am I. Okay, so that takes us to the next four way, which is Baymuth versus Carbide versus Bonk versus General. And the house robot is Shunt. Shunt's huge. I like how big Shunt is. I like how threatening he looks for it's us. Nightmare Shunt. It's great. Well, the match starts, and the first thing that makes itself apparent is Behemoth is very powerful. Pretty much immediately flips general. It's not just a scoop and slowly lift and turn over. It's launch you into the air, which is amazing because it doesn't look like it has the the right step to it. No. It's quite a but it's like an, it's vertical like, almost. It's like an uppercut scoop. with a shovel. Yeah, it's the design is more gorgeous. to launch, not just lift, but launch other things. Um, it's very easily, it's very quickly established that tires are a bad idea. Exposed tires do not work. The general barely does anything before carbide creates chaos. Any, I mean, I'm pretty sure every single other robot manages to run into carbide, launch across the arena thanks to the spinner being at full power. And Carbide very tactically, very specifically targets the general's exposed wheels at one shot and it comes straight off. Just rubber and metal and sparks just go flying and then that's it. That's it. Bot the done. general yeah. out before it can cause any damage. Yeah. We didn't see anything at all from the general. No. So the pit opens and uh, yeah. Nothing yeah. comes of that, really. Nothing because, really comes of that, because, which is a shame, really. Yeah, because... <laughs> well, I like they, the pit. <laughs> I'm guessing the idea was maybe to put General in the pit, but I think he immobilised long before. Became all... unnecessary, really. Yeah. So, Behemoth, um, flip over Bonk, and that's Bonk out. Bonk didn't do much at all either, actually, come to think of it. Didn't really do anything. It didn't seem like Bonk's bonker was working. The axe slash hammer. Is this a CO2 one? Yeah. Yeah, I think they did mention in the post-match interview with Dara that the CO2 failed. It looks like after they flip, you can see the gas actually coming out of the machine. Yeah, neutralised pretty quickly. Whether that was a problem to begin with or whether maybe it was a hit from carbide that caused it to happen, I can't imagine being flipped over was enough. I mean, it's not very good. You have to think, if something can cut its way to 
then it's a weakness. Yep. They should have recognized that the CO2 was a weakness, that something was going to be able to get in that. Yeah. Relied too much on its CO2 to the point where once the CO2 was gone, mm. they were left with a robot that can't really do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, Behemoth just flips them over. They Because their hammer isn't working, they can't use it to try and right themselves back onto their wheels. Yeah. That's the right... This match went the right way. Yeah, Whereas yeah. before, maybe Razor shouldn't have been eliminated technically speaking and unfortunately goes down in this match behemoth and carbide are the clear um dominators and they go through easily easily yeah i mean the other two didn't even compete no exactly so we cut to the backstage and carbide's weapon motor is damaged damaged or at least in not a very good state. It seems like, by the way they're talking, this is a known issue with Carbide. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be their biggest weakness. Yeah. I'm guessing when you have a 25... Was it 25 kilo mm. spinning blades that spin at 2,300 RPM? It's a very specific science to keep that running yeah basically they've got the most powerful spinner but they've kind of sacrificed reliability for that sake and i think there may be a time in the future where we see carbide's weapon fail fail and without it carbide hasn't got a lot else going for it no that's the problem it's all about that spinner yeah so the other teams actually come over to help fix and stuff like that slight chance that maybe they're just having a nose at the spinner to be honest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a good that's a good point yeah but I, I do like the kind of the sportsmanship of everyone seems to help each other repair each other's robots exactly there's no yeah i'm hoping there's no um sabotaging or anything along oh those god lines. Can you imagine but, but that, that would be juicy if it literally does literally throw yeah. a spanner into the works <laughs> put him tush hey yeah well played uh we actually get mini documents a uh, document yeah we actually get mini documentaries documentaries what am i trying to say we actually get mini documentaries um for each of these victorious robots before their match before their first matches which is what we wanted from the first original series this is what we've been asking for to see them in their garages alone sweaty and oily posing horribly for the camera yeah it's perfect it's, it's brilliant but it's it's done in such a cool way it's all done in slow motion of them just standing in their garage and in the background one of them's just i don't know cutting something yeah, cutting <laughs> something all the other ones got their robot's weapon over their shoulder and like yeah, looking they're posing, at the camera. and they talk about just building the robot and how much fun they're having uh, the, you know the weapons and the secrets and stuff like that all the stuff we've mentioned earlier pretty much came from those little yeah. docs i think it's called cool the uh carbide they mentioned that they've kept it 100 percent secret going into the competition so none of the other teams knew what they were running yeah. into until they got to the building and saw it getting shipped out of the back of the van and then they were like oh mm-hmm. bugger oh no <laughs> this is gonna be really really horrible and it was so exactly we loved it good on them that's a, it's a good strategy you know not letting people know what's coming i mean i guess that's maybe a weakness of razor these days is everybody razor knows is yeah and everybody's seen it it's it's strong but yeah everybody's seen how to beat yeah those few losses you watch those tapes and you've got an idea yep you know what's going yeah. on you know how it works exactly so let's go to the first of the mini league 
yep. matches, which so is first head to head match. Yeah, Terra Hertz versus Carbide. Interesting match. Um, Terra Hertz seems very strong. Mm-hmm. Carbide very strong weapon. I say Terra Hertz strong armor. Carbide strong weapon. So it's quite a good matchup, it's a, really. It's a cool yeah. matchup to have. So Carbide gets flipped quite early, but keeps rolling because obviously the like you say, it's designed to run upside down. Well, that's the thing about Carbide is it gets flipped because it flips itself over because of the power of its um <laughs> of its spinner. Yeah. Terahertz doesn't have a flipper. No. It's, it's just Carbide is so strong that it manages to flip itself over. What's interesting about this match mm. is Terahertz essentially dominates. Does dominates the whole match. Um. Uh, opens the pit, uh, carries Carbide over to the barbecue. Yep. Gives him a quick roast him. That's fine. Uh, Carbide's edged over to the pit and it's, it's just sort of just nudged in and falls in. The great thing about it is, is the strategy behind it. Terahertz, strong armor. They know they can take a big hit. Probably not a lot of the strongest hits from Carbide. So by staying close to the machine... Carbide hits them a lot, but every time Carbide hits, the spinner stops spinning. Yeah, it never gets to rev up to its full speed, meaning it never you never get the hum of death. Exactly, which means you never get its most powerful shots off. So all Terahertz had to do was essentially do what most robots would run away from in fear and actually hug, exactly. hug yeah. the blades, hug the spinning blades, and it stops. Draw the... Carbide into a clinch, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go. It's genius. Terahertz win the match without a functioning axe. Yeah, they mentioned that afterwards. They were like, yeah, the axe isn't even working and we still kicked its ass. But they didn't say that, obviously. But yeah, that's an interesting that the axe wasn't an issue. So actually, that was all tactics. Using the arena to their advantage yeah. by Terahertz, a well-deserved victory. And Carbide, bearing in mind this is a fresh bot, looking pretty scarred up at this point. Yeah, really got a beating. Yeah. That's three points to terahertz for a decisive victory yeah. um but going backstage it looks like the damage done to terahertz is a bit more than it looked a couple of chunks a yeah. couple of chunks taken yeah. out apparently it was carbide that took out the axe and one of their hits was so strong that the inner mechanisms of the axe actually got rumbled up a bit wow. and stopped working if carbide were able to get off a full strength shot or multiple of them maybe it would have gone the other way but terahertz good on them for winning there it's brilliant excellent a fantastic match actually so we're getting our mini doc hang on so we're getting our mini documentaries that is right isn't it i said it right this time so we get our mini documentaries again and uh behemoth's team summarized their bot by simply saying that they don't have any weaknesses which is fair we'll see but i'd say Generally speaking, yeah, their weakness is essentially just being outmatched in terms of tactics as opposed to an actual, that robot has a weak spot or, you know, it's too slow or this or that. There's no obvious weakness. You've just got to do better than them in terms of pure skill to beat them, which is great. You can tell this is a robot that's had many iterations and had many versions of it. It's Mm -hmm. been improved so much over the years. They know what weaknesses it could have and it's completely wiped them out very good which brings us on to nuts yeah uh the robot is built to entertain basically i think a near enough direct quote is 
we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to love them, really, haven't They're you? They're pretty much amazed they've made it into this round. I think it's they, brilliant. They were expecting that they would just be annihilated, especially probably when they saw that they were going to be facing off against Razor. <laughs> this, this is a bot that they could actually take over to BattleBots in America, build up a little cult following. It's one of those kind of bots, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, wouldn't, it would never win. It doesn't need victories. It's just because the people will know it by name and design. And always want to see it fight. And the team. The thing is, that team could come back with a different nutty looking robot. It would still be just yeah. as popular. If they could make it. They, they could, could make come in with this. nuts too. Or yeah. two nuts. With two nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, two nuts, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they came up with something equally as wacky next time, but not the same robot. Then they could come back. Keep doing that. Every come back year. again and again. People would just expect them then. They'd eat it up, yeah. It'd be great. And they yeah. have, you know, I could see people in the audience wearing their little costume, their furry yeah. waistcoat. Chucking and, on the top hat. And, and the uh, top hat. Yeah, get ready for a laugh. Team nuts. Team nuts. <laughs> okay, so Housebots, Dead Metal and Matilda are going to sit in on this one as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't mention that before. Is that it's, it's two Well, they, they don't specifically cover it. I don't think. They don't, do they? No, they don't make a big deal out of announcing which bots are there. No. So it's nice when you see the house bots uh, by surprise, really. Yeah. yeah. Two house robots in the one-on-one matches, as yeah. opposed to the one for the um, four-way matches. Absolutely. The match begins, and Nuts just starts spinning, continues spinning for quite a fair spins bit. Spins and spins and yeah. spins and spins and spins and spins and spins, and the chains are just going everywhere the cluster bots are just all over yeah. the place behemoth starts to get a bit fed up at this point and uh, just starts flipping everything in sight <laughs> and it's awesome you can see it's almost there's an air of frustration and it just starts to wail and charge in and desperately try to launch nuts isn't having it for the most part no nuts kind of get caught by dead metal but escape before any serious damage is done definitely it's the spikes the they use huge spikes in this series they yeah those spikes brilliant are... more like a javelin up the bottom of the freaking robot it's great yeah, absolutely huge really thick as tall as most of the robots yeah which is great because it yeah. looks like they're actually threatening as opposed to the tiny little things which would more be threatening to the robot's tires than actually the robot themselves exactly. behemoth still showing his frustration by launching the cluster bots. Yeah, moment of the night, to be honest. Oh, easily. I mean, Basically, how high do they go? A cluster bot just gets scooped up by Behemoth, and how big is it? Seven foot uh, the walls are? Yeah, in no, the arena? Seven, no, I think more than more? seven feet. Yeah. It absolutely sends it gliding through the air, right to the top of the arena, and then crashing back down. It's like... It was just throwing rubbish away. It just I was, was like out. I was waiting for like Dara to catch one or something. It was oh God. They were just. They were flying in all directions. It was like, but the amazing thing about the cluster bots is it was like a cat being thrown into the yeah. air. They, and just, they just kept going. Yeah, exactly. They're amazing. invincible. Yeah. Behemoth maybe in because of its frustration, a little careless, which in a way is a good thing because we get to see the power of Matilda. Matilda just has a bit of a moment yeah yeah so behemoth kind of ends up walking into matilda's uh little patrol zone and matilda that flywheel on the back hits behemoth and behemoth just goes absolutely flying i think lands on his side 
huge damage there. Probably the most damage it took in the fight was from Matilda. It was just an opportunity for Matilda to remind the competitors not to go near the house robots. Yeah, and by God, did you feel it. This is how the house robots should have always felt. Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't feel like you can compete with a house robot. You shouldn't be trying to, to, you know, for a laugh. You should just be bouncing off them because they're too strong, and that's exactly what happens to Behemoth, which is a big, strong robot. Fantastic. Nuts is getting tangled in itself. Oh, it's almost yeah. like I think one of the wheel axles looked a little bent out of shape, and um, it's I... just going in circles, and getting into a mess. Again, I'm pretty sure it's causing the damage to itself. Exactly. The amount of times the chain gets wrapped around and stuck underneath the wheels, yeah. and it's trying to move but it can't because it's stuck on its own chain. Exactly. It's just spaghetti, like just, just a mess all it's... over the place. It, Tying weird, itself in weird. knots, yeah. They hit the three-minute mark, and it goes to the judges. There's not much fanfare about it, because it's very obvious who won. Behemoth win. They get two points, because it's a judge's decision, so Nuts did live through it all. They always seem to manage to survive. Yeah, yeah just keeps going. It just keeps yeah. going. I mean, well-engineered in that sense, I guess. They I think never... because of the simplicity of the design, they can just chuck it back together, Yeah, which actually plays a part later, but... We get to the backstage segment, and the bots are all looking a little bit battle-worn now. Yeah. We're, we're a fair way into the first heat, and they, they look like they've taken a bit of a pounding. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Um, Behemoth has managed to get through it okay, considering the damage it took from Matilda, mainly. They're, they're doing all right. Um, a bit scratched up, though. Nuts, somehow, his cluster bots survived those huge drops. It's like yeah. dropping off... At, of a house. So they're, they're basically indestructible. They've got no weapon or purpose, but they are indestructible. Yeah, they're nice. just sort of... They're just sort of there. Because they're so light, and because there's not much to them, there's, you can't really do any damage. Unless you full-blown flatten one down, there's <laughs> not much you can do with them. Just chuck them out of your way. They're a nuisance, which is probably their point. We do see a bit of damage on Behemoth. Not major damage, but it does show that the chain actually did more damage than we yeah. thought it did. He's pretty scarred up at that point, which well, is good. We oh, now get a little interview with Noel Sharkey. Noel Sharkey wants drones to bring him his pint. That's, that's, and that's it. <laughs> that's probably why he got involved in robotics in the first place. He also would like an exoskeleton so he could punch teenagers. <laughs> I love it. He's no Sharky is the man. He's brilliant. Why the hell wasn't he featured like this originally? He's, He's got all, all this personality. Exactly. Yeah. He's literally there, ready. He he is a TV personality in the making. Yeah, it's brilliant. He's always been yeah. there for Robot Wars, and it's now that we're seeing this side of him we're getting proper interviews of him about all this stuff he does mention some how the robots have changed and he says they're mostly unchanged yeah he so, says that the batteries are smaller they're lighter same with the motors yeah. basically most of the parts work the same or have the same effect yeah they're just smaller lighter and more reliable and because those parts are smaller lighter and more reliable you can make things like the weapons and armor considerably yes, bigger and better because they talk about uh the new armor hardox 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 which is a big deal light but very tough and durable apparently everyone on the robot circuit is talking about it okay so we get to the next match and it's terahertz versus Baymoth. Bay- I'm, I'm just Bay- I'm, st- I'm turning that word into Bay-moth. a whole new word the, 
moth. Mm-hmm. So it, well, it kicks off, and terahertz sax isn't working. Yeah, the theme of terahertz is, is weapon yeah. doesn't work. Just when I thought that this is the kind of thing that wouldn't happen in a modern robot wars, it's 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 like we're all the way back into the 90s again. Someone started and something's broken. Immediately, without anything happening. Yeah. I think the most problems seem to happen revolve around the weapons. Yeah. Which I guess not many people, other than people who make, you know, battling bots, are really focusing their efforts on making perfect, reliable, super technology swinging mechanical axes. Exactly. If at the end yeah. of the day, I guess that's the main reason why these things aren't working as well as the rest of them. You know, Noel Sharkey was mentioning how things like motors and batteries have gotten smaller and more reliable. Mm-hmm. That's because everything uses a motor. Everything uses a battery. Exactly. Not much uses a spinning blade or a flipper or an axe. Or CO2 canisters. Yeah, for when you think about of, it, it's yeah, for, for weapon purposes, yeah. it's a so, bit of an odd choice. So, like you say, it's whilst the materials are improving and common things like motors are improving, this is know, still mostly amateur robotics, exactly. and the unique parts are the parts where we're getting some problems. But hey, I mean, that doesn't get terahertz down. They still do as much as they can to use their pushing power, and they seem pretty powerful. They push around Behemoth. They do it quite a ton well. Of- ton of serious shoving they don't throw in the towel it's an uneventful match yeah it's a bit unfortunate really yeah um behemoth just flips terahertz yeah that's that and that is probably the deciding factor when it came to the judges vote yeah that's it well there was no judges vote oh well it was what a happened decisive win oh because he was flipped plus three. Oh yeah man i just i did not get anything out of that match it was it was short it was unfortunate for Terahertz because no axe meant their main offense was gone. All they could their, do is shove. Their yeah. axe is what yeah. they use to right themselves, to flip yeah. themselves back over if they're flipped. So Behemoth, flip them over. They got no axe. They can't get back up. Done. Makes sense. Easy. All and right. Good on Behemoth's part because at the end of the day, as much as you want it to be exciting, you do want to win. And if you can win a match quickly... Because That's less damage exactly. to your robot. Because you've always got another match coming. Yep. You've got to be prepared to fight again. So Behemoth don't have to worry about okay. doing much repairs now. They want exactly. a match done. Nice Easy. economic fight. Okay, so the next fight, and this is brilliant, a complete opposite of the previous match, Carbide versus Nuts. Complete opposites in every way. Nuts have no idea what they're doing. Carbide is made to win the tournament. Exactly. So... This is the robot equivalent of a full-blown bloodbath. Carbide rides in and completely shatters the chains off Nuts. Nuts, well, Nuts can barely move to start with. Mm. Two hits from Carbide, two. Mm. And because Nuts can barely move, it means Carbide can get their blade spinning at maximum speed. Yep. And get a very precise shot off. Mm-hmm. And the framework around Nuts, which holds the chain, just comes straight off. Comes straight off. The The chains go in all direction. The frame flies off. And we are left with what is essentially a shoebox with two wheels on either side. Desperately trying to run away from Carbide. <laughs> Take note, Nuts can barely move by itself anyway. Mm. And, oh god, poor Nuts. They would... Oh, that was it. There was, there was very little uh, left. At that point, Carbide is throwing bits of nuts around. The two wheels, I mean, one wheel gets destroyed yep. pretty quickly. 
bent out of shape and then does, yeah. does it come off? Yeah, it completely shatters. Basically, every single part of Nuts is removed. My favourite part of the match is what's left of Nuts. Is it what's left of Nuts or is it one of the cluster bots? I can't remember. At this point, they're both about the same mm. size anyway. But Carbide hits them and they fly off and perfectly hit the pit button. So it's just a proper home run oh, shot. Bam. That's nice. Perfect that's shot. nice. But pit not necessary? No, um, of course it's not <laughs> necessary. But I guess, technically speaking, if Nuts is still functioning, it goes to mm. judge's decision, which is two points instead of three. Yeah, that's a good point. So there you go. But I, th- I think this is a pretty decisive victory. One note is Carbide does hit Shunt and it does nothing. Shunt doesn't Which even gives flinch. you an idea of just what the house spots are made of. Yeah, I mean, Carbide just destroyed a robot, mm. but Shunt, it was like, yeah, and crazy. Yeah, Carbide wins plus I'd... three points, absolutely dominating. Dara was quite impressed to actually go and pick up a bit of the bot. Yeah, that flew at the screen so yeah. hard that you just heard a huge crash and yeah. then. There was a piece. Without the bulletproof glass, it would have killed somebody. <laughs> yeah, it would have killed Dara. Dara would be dead. And oh that's what God. this would be known for. <laughs> what a moment. So he hands that bit back to them and jokes about how they'll have to put themselves back together. And there's a bit. And do you like jigsaw puzzles? Oh, uh, it's great by Dara. Yeah. Jokes on Dara. <laughs> Nuts only go and put their bot back together. Yeah, really well. As if it, as if nothing ever happened. As if that was it. You know, like just as if it was designed to come apart for easy storage. They just put it back <laughs> it probably together. Probably is. Probably just came in some little yeah. tractor that they drove over. Bless. Oh. Okay, so the next match, and this is the big collision that we were hoping for: Carbide versus Behemoth. Brilliant, brilliant match. It's oh. clear. The two clear strongest robots, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe Terahertz, yeah, up yeah. there as well. The nice thing is two very different robots as well. Yeah. One is this big, bulky thing with a flipper. The other mm-hmm. is short, sleek, built around a spinner. Perfect. So let's talk about how the match lays out, because I was expecting this three-minute slugfest between the two of them. What we got was quite different. Very different. Now, Behemoth do take a lot of shots from carbide they do tank a lot of that damage like it's not nearly the destruction we've seen in others so i guess in a sense the team were right in that they don't have much of a weakness but one big hit by carbide just seems to take out behemoth entirely and from then on it's a pretty easy um, run to the pit goodbye behemoth the end that's it just tips him in very carefully Dumb. It's yeah. very strange. Behemoth actually gets so much air when he's hit by the blades as well. Yeah. I just these blades are just the deciding factor in the tournament. It's it's insane how powerful they are. They've got to be so careful though, because I could honestly see themselves one day using the blade, mm-hmm. hitting something, the pit being open, and them launching back into yeah. the pit and eliminating themselves. When they use the blade, they lose all of their trajectory control. So as soon as the blade hits something, they lose their personal control. And that's probably the only fault with it. Yeah, almost too powerful Mm. or too powerful for the robot they built. Maybe they should have taken some points out of Bonk's book, which was, you know, where they grounded themselves really heavily so their axe could work, even though they didn't get to use it, unfortunately. 
But um, it was a nice idea in theory, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, a good idea in theory. Yeah. You know, make your robot really capable of handling its own weaponry to be less of a danger unto itself. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about the next match, which is Terahertz versus Nuts. Yep. Nuts at this point cannot get enough points to go through. Nope. So they're just sort of fighting for fun slash honour, I guess. I guess they're just for reputation's for sake. Reputation, yeah. The minibots Sport. are back. They're not hurt at all. They're Somehow, fine. they were yeah. like, uh, earlier on, they were like, yeah, they're dead. I don't know how we're going to get yeah. them running again. They're back up and running. Exactly. As is the robot itself. As, unfortunately, as is Terahertz's axe. Oh, yep. Terahertz is back on full form. And within how long? Seconds? Terahertz essentially nudges nuts and nuts's yeah. frame and weapon comes straight off again. Everything. Everything just falls apart immediately. But a bit of the chain gets caught up in Terahertz, which is a a accidental bonus, really, <laughs> yeah. of the weapon choice. <laughs> you could say nuts actually flung its weapon at terahertz arguably it was a tactical decision and it gets stuck inside of terahertz can you imagine if it got stuck in terahertz in a way that it damaged it enough to immobilize it exactly now imagine it tries to use the axe and there's a chain in the way of the mechanism and the entire insides get completely gutted and then and then they have to let nuts go through in that sense winning Winning as a pair of wheels. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful for Just a pair of wheels. Uh, unfortunately, that is not what happens. Although also, they because it loses some control to the chain wedged in the bottom, it starts to accidentally edge towards the pit. And there is a moment where you genuinely believe Terahertz was about to fall into the pit. It would have been such a moment. That would have been upset the century. it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I say unfortunately. Fortunately for Terahertz, it doesn't happen. But... Nuts, they were pretty clever there because they were the one that went and mm. turned on the pit. They knew that that was yeah. their opportunity right yeah. there. Close battle in that sense. But but Nuts goes to full three minutes. They survive. Mm. Again, somehow, Yeah, they're actually alive at D- the end. Judge's decision was completely unnecessary. It's very obvious who won. Yeah. But when it came to popularity, the Nuts team were cheered and chanted throughout the decision-making. Terahertz get two points, mm-hmm. and that's that. And that's it. They got the, but they wanted the big three because you always want the, the big three. That was and the impo- well, nuts stopped them from getting that. So you know, nuts has done its job. Nuts essentially eliminated Terahertz. Mm. They essentially eliminated each other because mm. now we've got a, a situation where Behemoth mm-hmm. and Terahertz, terahertz both yeah. have five points. They're drawing. But so Carbide has six. That puts the league the points at Carbide at top mm-hmm. with six points. But joint second place, mm-hmm. Behemoth and Terahertz. You can't have a joint second place. No. They say that. They could have had the final just be a three-way. But well, okay. more sense, yeah. But instead, they go with... What they do is they take the match that happens between the joint second place people, yeah. the one that happened earlier, yeah. whoever won that one is the one that goes through. Yeah. So because Behemoth beat Terahertz, Behemoth go through to the finals. So almost lucky... For Behemoth, in that sense. Exactly. It was a very sudden bit of... It was very complicated all of a sudden, mm. how this league was working out. Yeah, because it was lucky that Nuts survived. Because if Nuts didn't survive, Terahots would have gone through because they would be at six points, um, just like Carbide. But very, very interesting here. So we get to our main event our main of the event. evening. And it is Behemoth versus Carbide. The right main event. 
Yeah, definitely. This is what you want to see. This and is what you want to see. While on paper we may not have thought this would be the final, after seeing the first two bouts, the first two four ways, yeah. these are the two obvious choices. Yeah, absolutely. And they do. Yeah. So brilliant. the match itself, um, at this point, these robots have been through so much that you knew that there wasn't much left to give. They yeah. they roll in and the blade's working. Behemoth's having a bit of mobility issues. Uh, begins moving a bit, but not a lot. Forward or backwards. It seems and... like either the, the drive itself or the motors or the just the wheels are stuck. Yeah. Something isn't working there. And it seems like only some wheels are working. And when they are working, they're not going at full speed. They're not getting a grip on the floor. Yeah. And they just kind of very slowly almost rotate on the spot most of it it's it's easy for carbide open up the pit and wait because behemoth just reverses his way in now they explained post-match that they went to turn right and turned left so obviously maybe there was actually some genuine uh, control issues some wires crossed but at the end of the day it doesn't matter carbide wins carbide wins they didn't have to take any damage in that last battle. You know, good on them. Yeah. Again, again, if you can end a match quickly, do, do it. it. It may not make yeah. great TV, but in terms of competition, yeah. you've made life a hell of a lot easier for yourself for the next two hours where you have to, exactly. you know, repair your bot. Carbide going through, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, that is the logical one, really. I mean, it's a monster. They were the favourites, and yeah. they did it. Um, Brutal, yeah. But an interesting note is... Every single bot in this episode lost a match. Yeah. All of them. Every single one lost. But it's it's the rule of cancelling. It's almost rock, paper, scissors yeah, in that regard. Do you know what I mean? So. There are certain different types of bots that can't fight certain different types of bots. Carbide, probably the best all round, but it was all based around the weapon. All it would have took was for the blade to not work. Yep. All- and that would have been it. Some or a, a robot to have something that neutralizes it. Well, I suppose what you'd need is length uh, in your flipper, something that could get underneath the blade and underneath the bottom before the launch. blade actually touches you. Uh, exactly, yeah. and also, of course, tactical driving. Yep, simple tactical dr- driving, yeah. getting to the side of it or behind it, yeah. and doing the damage. Have because... the pit, have the pit open and ready. You could lead carbide towards it. Carbide has very little control when using the blade. As soon as contacts made carbide tends to go a couple of feet in either direction yeah i mean could easily fall into the pit get carbide's spinner going and then push it into a wall so it ends up launching itself yeah. we all we already know that the spinner itself is a little iffy yeah. it didn't have that many issues other than the mentioned problems to begin with its motor but we know it can break it, it can break down yeah. we know that there's a good chance you know, in this grand final that Carbide is now in, we could see them go out because their spinner stopped working. Exactly. I think that's the most likely reason is they're either going to, their spinner stopped working or someone has managed to get behind them into their side slot and push them out into the pit. Done. That'd be it. Done and dusted. All of that is irrelevant because right now Carbide is our first heat winner. Yep. Our first grand finalist. And good on them. It's, it's Interesting. It's a new face, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is is our winner? Yeah. You know, Brazer. Nope. Commiserations. Terahurt, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Behemoth. Almost, but nope. Yep. All the returning bots are essentially dead. Yeah. They just got slaughtered by Carbide. 
very good. We could be seeing a new almost face of Robot Wars in Carbide. That could be Quite our charismatic. Champion. You kind of really want Carbide to win. Yeah, you know, I'd be happy with Carbide yeah. going through. But then we haven't seen what's going to happen we in the don't next know. bunch of episodes. Yet. Oh man, it is. I mean, let's talk. Okay, let's very quickly just summarize our feelings about the new show. Okay, I've got some pros and cons. Okay, I'll start with the pros. Mm-hmm. All the bots seem strong, mm-hmm. and not just strong in terms of their actual strength, but in terms of personality yeah. of the teams is very yeah. strong. Interviews, backstage, and mm-hmm. pit segments are regular and relevant. Yeah. Um. There's no oh, this is Killertron and this is why. Junk. It's <laughs> it's all full on. It's either funny or interesting. Every time, it's never just weird. Like some, that was the problem with the original series. Is sometimes it was funny because it was awkward and there was a charm to it, but a lot of the time it was just awkward, yeah. and that was it. And you could tell people didn't know what the hell they were supposed to say cause when they were on TV. Yeah. They just wanted to do their engineering in peace. Exactly. <laughs> Go away, please. <laughs> the judges actually being featured and just being awesome. I mean, Noel Sharkey could just have his own show. To be honest, oh, they could give him his own little B show. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, I'm trying to think of what it'd be called. Uh, um, Sharky's awesome uh, robot wars. I'm trying to think of show. shark pun to use. <laughs> yeah, Sharky. <laughs> 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 That'll do it. <laughs> um, yeah, hosts I, were great. Yeah, I the thought. hosts were great. Yeah, yeah. The arena was awesome. Yeah, great improvement. Yeah, I, I liked. I, I liked that they went more down the battle bots route. Yeah. The arena looks clean until the arena hazards come into play, as opposed to them always being really this big obvious thing with all this yeah. paint on the floor and all the exactly. black and um, yellow stripes everywhere. Like you, you wouldn't notice a lot of the stuff there, like the spikes and stuff, until they suddenly appear and you're like, oh yeah, there's spikes on the floor. Exactly. House robots, mm-hmm. incredible, mm-hmm. seem really dangerous. We didn't see a lot of them, but. I felt like we didn't see a lot of them because people knew they were dangerous and stayed away, mm. which is awesome. Bit of a shame we didn't end like um, in the original series with all the house robots coming out and just dismantling them. What, and and the zombie board. hoarding the loser. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I guess that. because with these house robots, there would literally be nothing left. Yeah. And some of these bots, I think they treated the competitors bots as completely expendable in the first series. Now these bots have got a competitive future yeah and they're valuable and even the opponents you know the other competitors won't do damage that isn't necessary if their yeah. opponent is immobilized they'll stop or play it safe the exactly they won't just keep destroying no. it as, as much as it looked like they did with um nuts in reality all that happened was nuts's framework came off yeah they never like destroy all the internal parts of it. Exactly. Well, I'm sure Carbide probably could have. And the fact that this was just battles, no gimmicky weird stuff. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah. No football, no British bulldogs, no sumo, no maze. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, none of that. It was all yeah. just robots hitting each other. Mm. Different types of match you had. You know, the four-way match, you had the one-on-one match. You but they, but they, that was it, really. It was very simple, straightforward. Yep. Yeah. That's all we need as well. That's what they're made to do. So that's what exactly. they're, best they're made at. to fight, yeah. Cons? Mm-hmm. I felt like there may not have been enough of... Um... Angela. 
Angela is one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Need more of Angela on screen. Not enough. Very funny. Very Angela charming. On screen. Yeah. At all. I would have liked to have Dara to be able to have spent more time giving his opinion. He spent a lot of time more like he was just interviewing, but we didn't get to hear his opinion too much. As, I'd like to hear him talk about things yeah, a bit more. Yeah. As the main host, I think the cool thing about the old series, maybe with their arena, mm. was the host was almost. They were up on that platform, always like watching. on a pedestal. Yeah. They were above everything, watching, exactly. looking down on the battles. And it would be cool to see Dara just looking down, looking on down and watching, and watching from a little perch. Yeah, like he's yeah. the emperor, so exactly. to speak, of robot wars. Yeah, there was no real info on the bots that lost in the first round. Like we got the documentaries, the yeah. little mini documentaries for the robots that won that. But we didn't see Killy Cranky no. team in their... Um... They went out quite quick, and then they were just forgotten about. And yeah. it would have been nice to have just seen a little RIP, Cause a little memoriam. At the know. end of the day, at least give us their mini-documentary as well. The Razor team in their garage, updating Razor. Exactly. Or anything like that. But all of this extra material we're talking about, this is what YouTube's for. Yeah. I mean, I haven't great. spent too much time on the Robot Wars YouTube channel. This is where all that stuff needs to go. Extras, always extra stuff. Oh, this God, is yeah. the like you were talking about how the original series competitors were very awkward on camera. Well, this is 2016, and now the competitors have grown up in a reality TV era. Yep, and we know how to act in front of a camera. Yeah, because it's a digital. Age. Everyone has a camera now. Exactly, we've seen ourselves in on a screen so much that we have adapted ourselves to accommodate, you know, our awkwardness. So, a lot of these people were more outgoing simply because it is the the era for it, isn't it? And the other con, I put no theme song. <laughs> man, you're really bitter about this theme song. Yeah, what, what the hell's the theme song, man? They could have they could have played it yeah. during the end credits. Uh, with a new version, or but with remix. lyrics this time. <laughs> what would the lyrics be? Fighting robot, fighting. <laughs> is that the best? Robot well, I'm not fighting. gonna I'm not gonna write a awesome five star theme tune on the spot. <laughs> Fadden Roberts, Fadden. I really liked it. I don't think I've got too many cons, to be honest. Uh, more Angie, more Dara, and really anything else that I'm lacking can be made up online. So the arena's great, everything's great, lighting's great, robots are great, housebots, biggest improvement. Huge. Probably. Brilliant. They are so intimidating. There's nothing cheesy about it. It doesn't feel cheesy anymore. Now it feels like a science fair gone yes, completely right. bonkers and well, violent being it's nerdies it's fashionable now if you want to contact us mm-hmm. we're available on twitter at podcast activate mm-hmm. and if you want to send us an email instead activate podcast at gmail.com it's as simple as that any questions send them in we'll answer them or whatever we'll at least read them out in the podcast yeah happy to do that happy to do that uh, send us a tweet yeah we'll reply to anything We will see you next week.